This conference is being recorded. Welcome to the Wednesday night Dream the Biggest Dream teleconference. I'm happy that you all have joined us this evening. Um, this is the second, this is part two in our series on you, yourself, and money coming into alignment. And I know personally for me, this topic really couldn't come at a better time. And of course, that's the way it all works. And so I'm just pleased that you're all here on the call tonight. And as I mentioned before, I know this is fabulous. And in one way or another, one message or another, one part of this exercise, or possibly at the end of the call, at the end of this call, when someone asks a question, you will get exactly what you need from this call tonight. And so I honor you all for being here. I myself am very honored to have our special guest this evening. Her name is Reverend Karen Russo. She is the author of the forthcoming book, Money and Meaning, and I understand this book will be out in October. It is uh, about the secrets of successful wealth building revealed to you. Uh, Karen is a powerful teacher of universal principles. She studied for 11 years with Dr. Michael Beckwith of the Agape Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. And tonight she will lead us through an exciting process and then give us the opportunity to ask some questions and uh, sort of uh, go through some feedback on everything. And so, Karen, I, I welcome you to the call and i um, grateful that, that you're here and imparting this information to us. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm really, really glad to be here. So this entire conversation that we decided to have about aligning ourselves with our wealth and our money really began, didn't it, when we asked the questions, when we asked people, do you believe it's possible to have a sense of peace, a greater experience of freedom, and to have more success in your money life? People will answer yes. We do believe it's possible, don't we? Absolutely. And there's also something in us that just knows that when we're better around our money, we're better in our world. And sometimes there's a financial term called opportunity cost. Sometimes we just intuitively know that if I was less anxious, uptight, or resentful about money, I'd be able to uh, save the planet. You know, I wouldn't be wasting my time over here. And sometimes we also know that I'm doing well with my attitudes and experiences about money, but if I could kick it up to the next level, I could save the planet with a whole other way of circulation. So I think that is really it, isn't it? That's why we're in this conversation, is there's something in us that knows that it's not really just the money that's the issue. It's the meaning it has for us in our lives. And if we can grow ourselves as we grow our money, we're going to be a lot closer to the things we ultimately all desire, a greater sense of peace, a greater sense of freedom, and really to be circulating infinite possibility. So how does bring that it sound? on. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here in this conversation. And tonight, as uh, Dr. Dream told us, we're going to be working with a framework for taking a look at our money and the meaning it has in our life from a spiritual, mental, emotional, behavioral, and practical viewpoint. And I call that a money meaning map. 
So one of the things that I'm going to do is walk us through a process of creating right in front of you a money meaning map. And then almost like if we were looking at a computer screen, we'll double click under the various areas and take a look at the different aspects of our money life and how we can see if we've fallen into any of the what I call money traps and how we can free ourselves from those. So that's where we're headed. And uh, I know sometimes when people are on uh, conferences like this, uh, you can be tempted to either groom yourself, clean the kitchen, go through your email inbox, and that's just fine if you want to just listen along. But for those of you that are um, available and not driving and up for it, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and get a piece of paper, 8.5 by 11, and turn it landscape and get a pen or a pencil and just make an intention. I thought it was so powerful what you said at the beginning, Mark, that just have the intention that going through this experience is going to bring you an important answer or insight or possibility that you didn't have before. Everybody ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So you've got a landscape piece of paper in front of, it, in front of you. Right in the center of the paper, go ahead and draw a stick figure of yourself about four inches, maybe six inches high. So you're almost, you're about an inch from the top of the paper, an inch to the bottom. Draw a head, draw a long stick, maybe about four inches for a body. Draw some arms coming out to the side and a couple of legs. And uh, right underneath that, go ahead and write the words money and me. And put today's date. And this is you, and this is all around you. We're going to draw and talk about all the different aspects of your money life. So there you are in the center of the page. What we'll do now is go to the bottom corner, and there we're going to have you draw a box. Which corner did you say? Um, bottom left hand. Okay. So draw draw a box that's about about um an, about two inches by two inches by two inches. So a square box. And then inside that box, draw the words, "What's so." So W H A T apostrophe S, and then the word so. And then across the page in the upper right-hand corner, go ahead and write the words, what's possible, W-H-A-T apostrophe S, possible, P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. And instead of a box around that, go ahead and put some dashes or a squiggly line around it. If in the bottom left-hand corner you all can catch this, right, if what's so is a box, what's possible is a you know, membraneless, moving, infinite thing. And then draw a dotted line between the box of what's so across yourself up toward the what's possible area. Now we're going to the upper left-hand corner, 
and write the words spiritual consciousness. So S-P-I-R-T-U-A-L. We don't have spell check here, so I'll help us out. And consciousness, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-N-E-S-S, spiritual consciousness. Then right above your head, kind of in the center, in the upper center, uh, write the word beliefs, B-E-L-I-E-F-S. And now go to the bottom right area. Go ahead and write actions and people. Actions and people. And so we'll pause right here and I'll say as you look at this, what you see is really this could be a framework for thinking about anything in your life. So it could be, you know, your love relationships or your health. But what we've done is we've got you in the center of the page, and at the bottom left we have what in a moment we're going to fill in as the the facts of what's so. In the upper right-hand corner we have, and we'll fill this in in a moment, the what's possible, which is unbounded, and there you are, and there's different aspects of you. There's your spiritual consciousness, which we've symbolized to be your above you, We have your beliefs, and most of you know that beliefs are a combination of our mental thoughts and our emotional energy, and really beliefs are just units of content, thoughts, that are intensified by repetition and intensity with our emotions, and they become beliefs. And then in the bottom right, and I've symbolized this next to our feet, most of you are familiar with the idea of we pray and we move our feet, that we need to be in spiritual and mental alignment and we're in action. So the bottom right-hand corner, we have actions and people. We're now going to go back and we're going to fill in these various areas with our money aspects. And we'll take a look at what can be happening in our lives around money and the meaning that it has. With me so far? Yes. All right, great. So now we're going to go to Our box of what's so, and take a deep breath, everybody, and in the bottom of that box, go ahead and write down the facts of your money life. So that for some folks, it might be very easy. You know what your net worth is, or you know what your monthly income is. So you you we do this at the bottom of the box, or at the bottom of the box, almost like it's underneath where the dashed line, the um. So it's in the box, but it's on the bottom part. And what it represents is, it's a good question, it represents the facts, the results, the things you can see. And so an easy way to do it might be your, the amount of money that you have. People call that net worth. It might be your monthly income, the amount of money that flows in. It could be um, if you've got a, a bankruptcy or a big outstanding loan or you have a certain kind of uh, – financial situation that's happening, you've got a huge investment deal that's about to happen, take, you know, four or five words or phrases or numbers that capture the facts of your money life. And then put a title on the box. 
So a few years ago, my box title would have been Money Comes from Hard Work and Struggle. Yeah, I know, you know, I would have had some facts to put in there in terms of the numbers, but my box, my what-so box about my life and money was Money Comes from Hard Work and Struggle. That's what I would have titled it. Today, it's definitely something else. Really, actually, my what-so is really anything's possible would probably be how I'd title my box today. But give yourself just kind of a summary of what's happening in your money life. And when you write your title on the box, you're writing it above the line because it includes uh, the spiritual aspect of it. All right, good work on that. And now head up to the upper right-hand corner, which is almost like looking into the horizon. And in the area where it says what's possible, capture your money goals. So it could be what's possible is, you know, many people these days get excited about the idea of being a millionaire. So you could write $1 million. Other people get excited about being able to um, financially fund a, a foundation that, that gives and makes a difference. Other people get excited about having my own business. Other people get excited about being able to um, retire from my full-time job so I can be with my kids. So Go ahead and capture your essence of your money goals. And you can do that in numbers. You can do that in qualities. Some people might just put peace of mind in what's possible. Mm-hmm. And now we'll go back to the areas of spiritual consciousness, belief, and actions and take a look at what might be happening in those areas that could help you move from what's so into what's possible. In the area of spiritual consciousness, what can happen for people sometimes is that there can be a trap that we fall into, and I call it the trap of scarcity. What it feels like is we've been, a storm has stranded us on a desert island, and if that rings true for you, you could even draw a little, a little oval with a tree and a very unhappy little face, and that's you stranded all alone on a desert island. But the trap of scarcity feels like we're afraid, we're anxious, we're worried, we have an idea that there's not enough to go around, and often you can tell if you're in, in scarcity mode around money is if you're really, really focused on the bills that aren't paid, or the money that hasn't come in. And to get out of that trap, the key question to ask yourself is, what reality are you serving? And that's a question you certainly might want to write down. What reality are you serving? That's a spiritual question. When I say reality, and Mark, most of the folks will be familiar, I'm really meaning what idea of the divine or what God, and some people feel comfortable with the world God, other people would prefer spiritual truth or universal reality. So I use the word reality, but what reality are you serving? What do you fundamentally believe about the nature of life? What's beautiful about asking a spiritual question like that is that we activate within ourselves our opening to principles that can help us. And the principle that can help us here is the law of oneness or unity. Because when we're trapped by scarcity, it's really a faith issue. It's a spiritual issue. 
And when we ask, what reality am I serving? And we start to study and practice the law of oneness, we can move from scarcity into wholeness. And if you want to draw an infinity symbol up there in the spirit consciousness area, that's a good symbol of wholeness. Wholeness means that the divine, the universe, all of life is not only interconnected, but that there's enough information, ideas, source, supply, information and energy to create from, that there's a flow of the all good that is ever available and ever for us. That is a spiritual issue. And what I would say is that what I've noticed working with literally, you know, thousands of people over the years in classes and counseling and other areas is that for many people, the key money issue is a question of spiritual faith and confidence. So asking, so here's a tip you can go home with, and that is when I am afraid about my money, I am placing my faith in scarcity rather than wholeness. Now, what that doesn't mean is lie on the couch until I win the lotto. I'm not at all saying that. We're about to talk about beliefs and actions. But for many people, that underlying fear and anxiety about money can only be addressed by a spiritual solution. So in our workshops and materials, we spend a lot of time with the spiritual tools of visioning, meditation, inspiration, gratitude that are all designed to cultivate the experience of wholeness. When we have a spiritual consciousness of oneness, Mark, that's when we feel peace. And that's really what most people want around money. What I find is it really is a sense of peace. And uh, I'm convinced even more so that it really is a spiritual issue. Wow, this is great. Great. So, Getting our spiritual house in order is very, very important when it comes to our money. And I'm going to say then, but at the same time, we also need to work on our our belief systems, right? So if we think about our beliefs, because we're now moving toward our, our body there with our head, and really beliefs, as I said earlier, are a combination of thought and emotion, you know, repeated over time that become how we perceive the world. And if you were to imagine on your left-hand shoulder, a little symbol of a, of a devil. You could write a and this is not a literal, but it's just a symbolic of negative thinking, let's say. It would be the, uh, with the little horns and a little beard, maybe. Uh, that devilish voice could be saying to us superstitious ideas. That's the other trap that people can fall into around money. And what a superstitious belief system around money, it feels like we've been unjustly jailed, that we've been locked up for life. You'll know if you're superstitious about money, if you have a lot of focus of anger and resentment, or if you're really concerned what you're doing. My ex, uh, the government, the IRS, the big corporations, the boss, the society, the economy – If my well-being about my money is in somebody else's hands or I'm focused on the past and mistakes or how I've been a victim or how I've exploited or been a dominator, if any of that stuff is going on, we feel like we're in jail. And that's what I call superstition. The key question to have us get out of jail, to escape the superstitious beliefs, the question to ask is what 
game am I playing with my money? And you could write what game am I playing up where it says beliefs. So just like we asked what reality am I serving in spiritual consciousness, with beliefs it's what game am I playing. And I will tell you that when people play a game of competition and superstition, there's always winners and losers. And really, it's a lot of suffering. We end up angry, afraid, in conflict. And rather than playing a game of superstition, it's possible, and you could draw a little angel on your right-hand shoulder, and uh, this could be a little triangle, a little wings, a little halo, and write the word creation. When we play a game of creation with our money, what, we, what that means is we believe there's enough to go around, and we believe that the spiritual law of cause and effect, so here's the spiritual principle, the law of cause and effect, which includes the law of says that for every invisible cause, spiritual quality or belief, that's what creates effects and experiences. The law of cause and effect also lets us know that it's always possible to choose our experience, that our consciousness creates our experience of life. And so the key of asking, what game am I playing? Am I trying to compete or am I trying to create? Am I in superstition or am I in collaboration? And when I get into creation and collaboration, what I remember is that I'm always free to choose my experience about money. And in this situation, again, the freedom doesn't come from a dollar amount. It comes from knowing that I can choose. I can choose fresh and anew in this moment to have a different experience around money. The final area that we'll look at tonight is if we go into the bottom right corner, which has to do with the visible things, which are our actions and people. This is the stuff that you can see in terms of behaviors and habits. The trap that we can sometimes get into here around our money is that we go into what I call survival mode. And you can imagine if there's a little bit of quicksand underneath your feet there, that would be survival mode. It feels like, wow, I I missed the path, I fell into this quicksand, and now I've got to kind of run to keep up, not lose my place. And we know that people are in survival mode when they're feeling guilty, when they're in a lot of distraction, when they have secrets about their money, when they're uh, making mistakes or feeling frantic. And the key there to get out of survival mode, the question to ask is, how am I growing? How am I growing? So you could even write that in the bottom right corner where it says action and people. How am I growing? Am I just surviving or am I looking to thrive? The key law, the spiritual principle there, is the law of circulation. Another immediate way that people can have a greater experience of possibility that anything is possible in my money life is to start being consciously in the law of circulation. Start giving. The spiritual tools here are blessing, giving, serving, managing the flow of our money, having a plan for growth, and also looking at how we choose the people that we're with. So there's a whole series of spiritual tools. But for example, if what you want to see is more circulation in your 
one of the things we recommend is that you're a regular giver of money, that you give money to places where you're spiritually inspired. We recommend that you bless your bills when you pay them, that you look for ways to give your time and your talent as well as your money. We also have noticed that in terms of wanting to have more excellence and uh, flow in our money lives, that it's very important to have a money management system that is orderly because that's the only way you can have a structure in place to have more money flow into. So money management is very important. We also teach a, a tool called the top 10 list. And this one can be a little tough for um, listeners to hear, but one of the things you can do is get a piece of paper and write a list of the top 10 people you spend time with. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And these are the people um, that you spend time and energy with. And then that's one column is the people. The next column could be their money situation, could be their net worth, their income. Go ahead and write down what you either know or can estimate what the, let's say, the income is of the top 10 people you spend your time with. What most folks will find is when you do a process like this, that you probably make about an average of the people that you spend time with. Now, what I'm not saying is you need to get a balance sheet from everybody that you have a cup of coffee with <laughs> at all. But what I am saying is it's important to know if I really want to grow and expand my money and wealth, who are my models, my mentors, and my mirrors that are around me? So those are some of the things to take a look at in terms of habits and actions. Before we um, open it up for callers, I just want to go back to the area of beliefs, and I realize that one of the things I didn't mention that I, I know that your work is so committed to as well, Mark, is that we, we are sure that beliefs can be shifted and changed, and there are spiritual tools there of first a process of using journaling or coaching or reflection. What do I really believe? Uncovering my subconscious beliefs as well as my conscious ones about money, then going through a process which often includes a lot of forgiveness. If I have old beliefs from my upbringing or from social conditioning that I'm still holding on to, how do I release myself from believing those judgments? And then it's very important to have rituals to uh, create what I do want. Also affirmation and prayer and visioning are all things that can help you create a new belief system around money. Wow. So there you have it. What you have is what's so, what's possible, and the confidence of yourself that will need to expand in order for you to be the person who's living in the possibility that you desire. And as I said, underneath all of those areas are spiritual practices that can be so helpful in, um, in supporting you and being who you'd like to be. And before we open the phone lines, I think I should probably say that the uh, conversation that I gave around these various elements is part of an article called uh, Three Keys to uh, Unlock Peace, Freedom, and Possibility, and that will be a, um, available for everybody who's been on the call tonight. So we'll talk about that at the end of our time together. Oh, that's well, great. Thank you. Great. So shall we – do you have any questions or thoughts before we get some – feedback and questions? Well, there was a lot here that you went over. I'm really looking forward to the article. Um, you know, there, was, there were a couple of areas that really, um, uh, as we were going through it, I 
I realize need my attention and just, you know, what I'm doing and where I'm at uh, with all of this. But there were um, some good things, particularly when you were talking about spiritual consciousness, uh, that brought things up for me. Great. So I think it'll be um, be fun to work with this a little more. And then, um, you know, what you were just talking about, going through an exercise or some type of process to uncover um, what our individual beliefs are around money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, personally, I'm working a lot with forgiveness these days um, to myself and, then, and, and in my uh, experience. And so that right there was big for me to hear you say that. I'm like, okay, this is all fitting in. So. Yes. There's, there's even some that say that all forms of debt are really forms of unforgiveness, that in many ways when we are out of balance in our money, we're either, you know, abusing ourselves or abusing someone else, that it just represents an area where our forgiveness is needed. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, just a lot here. Great. Let's go ahead and we'll, we'll unmute the lines and, and take some questions, uh, remembering that uh, as we do this, we're just focused on... Um, serving the highest good of everyone that's on the call. So we'll go ahead and unmute the lines. Okay. Anyone have any questions or comments or anything that's come up? Hello? Yes. Um, this is Julie from Brooklyn. Um, I, you know, you were speaking about um, surviving and uh, giving, and in order, I think I got into the ditch by giving and teaching and sharing what I have to give, and now everybody else has gone way ahead of me. So I'm still sort of in the financial ditch in terms of uh, catching up. Ow. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just. Uh, yeah. What is it that you really want? Well, I, I want to continue to give and uh, and teach my practice to other people, but I'm not I'm not getting wealthy from it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not that I wanted to be wealthy, but it's just that it's um, difficult to keep up. Okay. Well, I have two thoughts. Um, one is it's interesting that you said um, not that you that you don't want to be wealthy. So, do you? Is fine. What is your financial goal? I haven't had one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had a. I haven't had a financial goal. I've just been uh, getting by for many years, and just I don't have a um, vision of what that goal is. Okay. Well, you know, my encouragement to you, Julie, would be, um, without making yourself wrong, is just in this moment to get as specific as possible about what could be possible in your life. Um, You've probably heard the idea that not choosing is a choice. So if you've just been getting by, it sounds like you've been successful at just getting by. But maybe maybe it's time for you to be intentional, and you can just sit down and, you know, shortly we'll have guided exercises that you can do where you'll just, you know, you sit down, you get yourself into a meditative state and you really ask, what's the highest vision of financial prosperity for me? What does it look like? What are the numbers? What do I see flowing? 
So that might be a place just to literally desire something specific for you. Okay, thank you. Yes, and then I'll say one other thing that I think I, I so appreciate you asking that, and uh, this may be helpful to everyone, is I just recently decided that the criteria for the activities in my business are the following. Here's the three criteria. One, I have to be passionate about it. Two, I must be excellent. And three, it has to make a lot of money. That's the third one's the problem. Um, up until now. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> I'm saying for you, my dear. So so going forward, you know what, find, find your place where um, – you're specific about the financial well-being that you need and desire. And then I wonder, too, it maybe there's maybe some work for you to do around, do I have any superstitious beliefs that somehow money is unspiritual or um, that I have to choose between either doing what I love or the money or something like that? I think that right there, Karen, is something that um – we're maybe seeing less of now with films like The Secret and 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 um, things like that. But this concept that if I'm on a spiritual path, then it's not about money. Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, I when people say I don't care about the money, I I'm concerned because I think money may not care about them. You know, it's um it would be like saying I don't care about the food, or um, I don't care about taking care of my body and I think sometimes what people mean when they say I don't care about the money is I don't want to um, be so focused on any symbol that I'm not true to the essence of my soul but what in a system of unity when we really say that it's all connected what are we doing making the money outside of anything you know so money or food or air these are all expressions of the one substance, the one source, if we just try to go just from the external symbol without understanding that there's something behind it, yes, we can go amiss, but sometimes the pendulum can go too far the other way. Hmm. Hello? Yes. I have a thought. My name is Lumi, and I'm calling from California. Um, first of all, um, this 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 page that we were writing as soon as you told you told us to take a deep breath and and all, and all that I got a, an extra piece of paper and I put it on the side and while you're teaching us how to do this page I wrote everything that came to my to me on on this page piece of paper and it was it's amazing what I have to to do but anyway um, I come from a culture that's kind of like old fashioned in which people believe that. In order to be spiritual and wise, even you have to, you know, get rid of the material. And so, so there's a lot of guilt towards having money. Actually, mm. um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, Buddha left, the, you know, his place and and without possessions to see the suffering of the world and all of that. So, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think this is a beautiful place to find what is your authentic vision and values around money. So in many ways, if you think about the, the saint who walks the earth, whose needs are met, in many ways, that's a person who has a high consciousness of supply. So they really know that wholeness means sufficiency and means being supported. Mm. So there's something there that um, 
you know, really looking at is my lack of money really serving the highest and best in me? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be my, my question to you. And then to see, um, here's a question that came out a lot in our visioning around how this material will serve people, and that's the question, this is a good question for everyone, what's the money for? So if I am a spiritual seeker who am, I am on the path of revealing more and more of the presence of God, ending the suffering, which is always a sense of separation, and I am bringing my gifts to the world, how is the money going to serve me? Like, how is the air going to serve me? How is the, the, the paintbrush is going to serve me as a painter? How's the food going to serve me? So here in this dimension, money is nothing more than a symbol of exchange. It doesn't mean anything except the agreements we have about it. Um, how, what is it for for me? Now, there's other folks who may be coming from a, a very uh, comfortable with money and how it works, but needs to develop a greater sense of inner connectedness with their true source around money. But um, that's a good question. What's the money for in my life? And then I would also, there's a spiritual tool called inspiration. And it might be to find models or mentors who can be inspiring to you. Like Mother Teresa is an interesting example of an individual who, although we don't associate her with excessive, uh, glamorous accoutrements, she was an individual who commanded a tremendous amount of financial flow through her various organizations and charities and was able to magnify and magnetize a lot of money through her and to her in order to serve her vision of the world. So there's, I think there's something about finding ways of seeing money in action that is inspiring that may be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Okay, I have one. <clears throat> Hello? Yes. Yeah. Mark, this is Judy. Hi, Judy. Per our conversation today about using this whole concept you've just presented here and the idea of charging for your time, especially if you are working in spiritual and healing aspects and you have difficulty deciding how to charge and about charging for your time. <laughs> Oh, Judy, you're so good. You brought up such a good question. Well, Mark and I were just talking about this a few hours ago, so I couldn't resist. Oh, it's a great one. Well, and I'll, you set the yeah. stage perfectly. Yes. You know, um, I work uh, part-time at a spiritual center, uh, and uh, I've done this for a few years as a, as a minister. And one of the things that's interesting is people will say to me as a minister, why does the church charge for this class or the counseling or these other services. And I've often thought to myself, you know, if I was not a minister but I was a maid or a mechanic or an MD, I don't know that someone would come to me and say, why do you charge for your services? You know, it would be inherently obvious that professional services provide value and benefit, and one of the ways in our society that we acknowledge the exchange of value and benefit is with green pieces of paper or electronic digits that go back and forth over computers. I mean, it's just, in some ways, it's just an odd thing to think that there's, that because it's spiritual, it doesn't have value, or because it has spiritual value, we shouldn't associate money with it. 
I mean, it just – so I, I would really, really ask less about how much digits should you charge and more about what is the value of what you're providing. And I also maybe you, what the money is for. Exactly, what's the money for. And really, when I think about some of the spiritual breakthroughs that I've had, I mean, get, come on. And I think I've also, we, I remember once way back in the day talking to someone at a support group about holding on to an old resentment. And she said, you know what, if I could write a check, if I could write a check for 10 grand, I would, if it would make this go away. I mean, there's really, it's like, think about whatever your holistic service is or whatever um, you're providing. I'm sure it has value to people that, that they really can benefit from. So quantifying that is is a high practice. Okay. Gosh, Mark, should I mention um, some of the offers that we have available for people before we close Yeah, out? absolutely. I think that would be great. Okay. Well, I, so uh, our website is Rev Karen Russo, so R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N-R-U-S-S-O.com, RevKarenRusso.com. And you can go there, and on the if you join our mailing list, we will email you a copy of the three keys to unlock peace, freedom, and infinite possibility, that article, which really gives a lot of the details of what I covered tonight. And I'll also let you know that um, we have coupon code DREAM, D-R-E-A-M. So for the people who are in the Dr. Dream world, DREAM, if you go to our website and you want to buy, we have a beautiful program for women called Your Beautiful Spirit. And being that Mother's Day is coming up, um, it is a wonderful set of CDs and a 50-page workbook all about women celebrating their beauty, their spirituality, developing the beliefs that really support them, having a new idea of what beauty is from inside and out, looking at their actions in their life, really becoming more centered, balanced, less stressful. It's a beautiful gift for a mother in your life. And if you use coupon code DREAM, um, we'll give you a nice discount off of that. So that is there for you as a bonus. That's great, Karen. I sure appreciate that. And it's just been wonderful having you on the call tonight. Um, I know that there's uh, there's so much more with all this. Would you consider coming back and speaking I'd with us again to. sometime? You know, I'd love to. And what we could even do is dive into one of the areas, like do a visioning session for spiritual consciousness around money or work on beliefs. Or So we definitely could dive in deep on one of the topics. That would be great. Okay. Well, very good. It's been a great call tonight, and I, I, I just um, have so much gratitude for you taking your time and uh, so readily making yourself available uh, to all of us on the call. And I hope you all will visit uh, Karen's site, and I'll put a link up uh, at dreamthebiggestdream.com in mm -hmm. just a little bit uh, to Karen's site on the links page. And then also this call will be available at dreamthebiggestdream.com under calls and events. There's a button that says recorded. And we'll have this call up um, online for you to listen to again or have your friends listen to, and that will be up online this evening. So, again, thank you to everyone who's been on the call and uh, shared this energy, and uh, we'll look forward to um, all of us being back here next week, and we'll let you know when Karen will be back with us.
Thank you again. Bless you, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.